Section 43 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3, by Robert Burton. Section 43. Partition 3, Section 4, Member 2, Subsection 1. Religious Melancholy in Defect. Parties affected, epicures, atheists, hypocrites, worldly secure, carnalists, all impious persons, impenitent sinners, etc. In that other extreme or defect of this love of God, knowledge, faith, fear, hope, etc., are such as err both in doctrine and manners, Sadducees, Herodians, libertines, politicians, all manner of atheists, epicures, infidels, that are secure, in a reprobate sense, fear not God at all, and such are too distrustful and timorous as desperate persons be. That grand sin of atheism or impiety, Melanchthon calls it monstrosa melancholiam, monstrous melancholy, or venenatam melancholiam, poisoned melancholy. A company of cyclops or giants that war with the gods, as the poets feigned, antipodes to Christians that scoff at all religion, at God himself, deny him and all his attributes, his wisdom, power, providence, his mercy and judgment. Esse aliquos manes et subterranea regna, et contum et stugio ranas in gurgite nigras, atque una transire vadum tot milia cumba, nec pueri credunt, nisi qui nondum aere lavantur. That there is either heaven or hell, resurrection of the dead, pain, happiness, or world to come, credat judaius appella, for their parts they esteem them as so many poets' tales, bugbears, Lucian's Alexander, Moses, Mohammed, and Christ are all as one in their creed. When those bloody wars in France for matters of religion, saith Richard Dineth, were so violently pursued between Huguenots and Papists, there was a company of good fellows left them all to scorn, for being such superstitious fools, to lose their wives and fortunes, accounting faith, religion, immortality of the soul, mere fopperies and illusions. Such loose atheistical spirits are too predominant in all kingdoms. Let them contend, pray, tremble, trouble themselves at will. For their parts, they fear neither God nor devil. But with that cyclops in Euripides, haud ulla numina expavescunt caelitum, sed victimas uni deorum maximo, ventri offerunt, deos ignorant caeteros. They fear no god but one, they sacrifice to none but belly, and him adore, for gods they know no more. Their god is their belly, as Paul saith, Sancta Mater Saturitas, quibus in solo vivendi causa palato est. The idol which they worship and adore is their mistress, with him in plotus, Malem haec mulier me amet quam di. They had rather have her favor than the gods. Satan is their guide. 
the flesh is their instructor, hypocrisy their counsellor, vanity their fellow-soldier, their will their law, ambition their captain, custom their rule, temerity, boldness, impudence their art, toys their trading, damnation their end. All their endeavors are to satisfy their lust and appetite, how to please their genius, and to be merry for the present. Ede, lude, bibe, post mortem, nulla voluptas. The same condition is of men and of beasts. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Ecclesiastes 3.19 The world goes round, trudito dies die, no aeque pergunt interire lunae. They did eat and drink of old, marry, bury, bought, sold, planted, built, and will do still. Our life is short and tedious, and in the death of a man there is no recovery, neither was any man known that hath returned from the grave, for we are born at all adventure, and we shall be hereafter as though we had never been, for the breath is as smoke in our nostrils, etc., and the spirit vanisheth as the soft air. Come, let us enjoy the pleasures that are present. Let us cheerfully use the creatures as in youth. Let us fill ourselves with costly wine and ointments. Let not the flower of our life pass by us. Let us crown ourselves with rosebuds before they are withered, etc. We wamus mea lesbia et amemus, etc. Come, let us take our fill of love and pleasure in dalliance, for this is our portion, this is our lot. Tempora labuntur tacitisque senescimus annis. For the rest of heaven and hell, let children and superstitious fools believe it. For their parts, they are so far from trembling at the dreadful day of judgment that they wish with Nero, may we will fiat, that it come in their times. So secure, so desperate, so immoderate in lust and pleasure, so prone to revenge, that, as Paterculus said of some caitiffs in his time in Rome, quod nequiter ausi fortiter executi, it shall not be so wickedly attempted, but as desperately performed, whatever they take in hand. Were it not for God's restraining grace, fear and shame, temporal punishment, and their own infamy, they would, Lican-like as entrant, as so many cannibals eat up, or Cadmus soldiers consume one another. These are most impious, and commonly professed atheists, that never use the name of God but to swear by it, that express naught else but epicurism in their carriage, or hypocrisy. With Pentheus they neglect and contemn these rites and religious ceremonies of the gods. They will be gods themselves, or at least Soci ideorum, divisum imperium cum Iowe Caesar habet. Caesar divides the empire with Jove. Aproeus, an Egyptian tyrant, grew, saith Herodotus, to that height of pride, insolency of impiety, to that contempt of gods and men, that he held his kingdom so sure, ut anemine deorum aut hominum sibi eripi posset, neither god nor men could take it from him a certain blasphemous king of spain as lancius reports made an edict that no subject of his for ten years space should believe in 
call on or worship any god. And as Jovius relates of Mohammed II, that sacked Constantinople, he so behaved himself that he believed neither Christ nor Mohammed, and thence it came to pass that he kept his word and promise no farther than for his advantage, neither did he care to commit any offense to satisfy his lust. I could say the like of many princes. Many private men. Our stories are full of them. In times past, this present age, that love, fear, obey, and perform all civil duties as they shall find them expedient or be helpful to their own ends. Securi adversus Deus, securi adversus homines, is non est opus, which Tacitus reports of some Germans. They need not pray, fear, hope, for they are secure, to their thinking, both from gods and men. Bulco Opiliensis, sometime Duke of Silesia, was such a one to a hair. He lived, saith Aeneas Silvius, at Retislavia, and was so mad to satisfy his lust that he believed neither heaven nor hell, or that the soul was immortal, but married wives, and turned them up as he thought fit, did murder and mischief, and what he list himself. This duke hath too many followers in our days. Say what you can, behort, exhort, persuade to the contrary, they are no more moved, quam si dura silex aut stet marpesia cautes, than so many stocks and stones. Tell them of heaven and hell, tis to no purpose, laterem lauas. They answer as Ataliba, that Indian prince, did Friar Vincent, when he brought him a book, and told him all the mysteries of salvation, heaven and hell, were contained in it. He looked upon it, and said he saw no such matter, asking withal how he knew it, they will but scoff at it, or wholly reject it. Petronius and Tacitus, when he was now by Nero's command bleeding to death, audiebat amicos nihil referentes de immortalitate animae, aut sapientum placitis, sed levia carmina et faciles versus. Instead of good counsel and divine meditations, he made his friends sing him body verses and scurrilous songs. Let him take heaven, paradise, and that future happiness that will bonum est esse hic it is good being here there is no talking to such no hope of their conversion they are in a reprobate sense mere carnalists fleshly minded men which howsoever they may be applauded in this life by some few parasites and held for worldly wise men they seem to me said melanchthon to be as mad as Hercules was when he raved and killed his wife and children. A milder sort of these atheistical spirits there are that profess religion, but timide et haesitanter, tempted thereunto out of that horrible consideration of diversity of religions, which are and have been in the world, which argument Campanella, Atheismi Triumphati, chapter 9, both urgeth and answers. Besides the covetousness, imposture, and navery of priests, quae faciunt, as Pastellus observes, ut rebus sacris minus faci fidem, and those religions, some of them, so fantastical, exorbitant, so violently maintained with equal constancy and assurance, whether they infer that if there be so many religious sects, and denied by the rest, why may they not be all false? 
or why should this or that be preferred before the rest? The skeptics urge this, and amongst others it is the conclusion of Sextus Empiricus, Book Three, Adversus Mathematicus, after many philosophical arguments and reasons pro and con, that there are gods, and again that there are no gods, he so concludes, cum tot inter se pugnent, etc., una tantum potest esse vera, as Tully likewise disputes. Christians say, they alone worship the true God, pity all other sects, lament their case, and yet those old Greeks and Romans that worship the devil, as the Chinese now do, Aldeos Topicos, their own gods, as Julian the Apostate, Cecilius and Minucius, Celsus and Porphyrius the philosopher object, and as Machiavelli contends, were much more noble, generous, victorious, had a more flourishing commonwealth, better cities, better soldiers, better scholars, better wits. Their gods overcame our gods, did as many miracles, etc. St. Cyril, Arnobius, Minucius, with many other engines of late, Lessius, Mornius, Grotius, Deveritate Religioni Christianae, Savonarola, Deveritate Fidei Christianae, well defend. But Zanchius, Campanella, Marinus Marcenus, Bosius, and Gentilitus answer all these atheistical arguments at large. But this again troubles many as of old. Wicked men generally thrive. Professed atheists thrive. Nullos esse deos, inane coelum, affirmat serius, probatque quod se factum dum negat haec vidit beatum. There are no gods, heavens are toys, Celius in public justifies, because that, whilst he thus denies, their deities he better thrives. This is a prime argument, in most part your most sincere, upright, honest, and good men are depressed. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Ecclesiastes 9.11 Nor yet bread to the wise, favor, nor riches to men of understanding. But time and chance comes to all. There was a great plague in Athens, as Thucydides, Book 2, relates, in which at last every man, with great licentiousness, did what he list, not caring at all for God's or men's laws. Neither the fear of God nor laws of men, saith he, awed any man, because the plague swept all away alike, good and bad. They thence concluded it was alike to worship or not worship the gods, since they perished all alike. Some cavil and make doubts of scripture itself. It cannot stand with God's mercy that so many should be damned, so many bad, so few good, such have and hold about religions, all stiff on their side, factious alike, thrive alike, and yet bitterly persecuting and damning each other. It cannot stand with God's goodness, protection, and providence, as St. Chrysostom in the dialect of such discontented persons, to see and suffer one man to be lame, another mad, a third poor and miserable, all the days of his life, a fourth grievously tormented with sickness and aches, to his last hour. Are these signs and works of God's providence, to let one man be deaf, another dumb? A poor honest fellow lives in disgrace, woe and want, wretched he is, 
when, as a wicked caitiff abounds in superfluity of wealth, keeps horse, parasites, and what he will himself. Audis Jupiter haec? Talia multa connectentis, longum reprehensionis sermonem erga dei providentium contexunt. Thus they mutter and object. See the rest of their arguments in Marcenus in Genesin, and in Campanella amply confuted. With many such vain cavils, well known, not worthy the recapitulation or answering. Whatsoever they pretend, they are interim of little or no religion. Cousin Germans to these men are many of our great philosophers and deists, who, though they be more temperate in this life, give many good moral precepts, honest, upright, and sober in their conversation. Yet, in effect, they are the same, accounting no man a good scholar that is not an atheist. Mimis altum sapiunt. Too much learning makes them mad. Whilst they attribute all to natural causes, contingents of all things, as Melanchthon calls them, pertinax hominum genus, a peevish, a peevish generation of men, that misled by philosophy and the devil's suggestion, their own innate blindness, deny God as much as the rest, hold all religion a fiction, opposite to reason and philosophy, though for fear of magistrates, saith Veninus, they durst not publicly profess it. Ask one of them of what religion he is, he scoffingly replies, a philosopher, a Galenist, an Everest, and with Rabelais, a physician, a peripatetic, an epicure. In spiritual things God must demonstrate all to sense, leave a pawn with them, or else seek some other creditor. They will acknowledge nature and fortune, yet not God, though in effect they grant both, for, as Scaliger defines, nature signifies God's ordinary power, or, as Calvin writes, nature is God's order, and so things extraordinary may be called unnatural. Fortune, his unrevealed will, and so we call things changeable that are beside reason and expectation. To this purpose, Minucius in Octavio and Seneca well discourseth with them, Book 4, De Bereficiis, chapters 5, 6, and 7. They do not understand what they say. What is nature but God? Call him what thou wilt. Nature, Jupiter, he hath as many names as offices. It comes all to one pass. God is the fountain of all, the first giver and preserver, from whom all things depend. Aquo et perquem omnia, nam cocumque vides Deus est, cocumque moveris. God is all in all. God is everywhere and every place. And yet this Seneca, that could confute and blame them, is all out as much to be blamed and confuted himself, as mad himself, for he holds fatum stoicum, that inevitable necessity in the other extreme, as those Chaldean astrologers of old did, against whom the prophet Jeremiah so often thunders, and those heathen mathematicians, Nigidius Figulus, magicians, and Priscillanists, whom St. Augustine so eagerly confutes, those Arabian questionaries, Noem Eudicis, Albumater, Dorotheus, etc., and our countrymen and Stuidus, that take upon them to define out of those great conjunction of stars, which Ptolemaeus, 
the periods of kingdoms or religions, of all future accidents, wars, plagues, schisms, heresies, and what not, all from stars. In such things, saith Maginus, quae sibi et intelligenti suis reservavit deus, which God hath reserved to himself and his angels. They will take upon them to foretell, as if stars were immediate, inevitable causes of all future accidents. Caesar Veninus, in his book De Admirandis Naturae Arcanis, Dialogue 52, De Oraculis, is more free, copious, and open in this explication of this astrological tenet of Ptolemy, than any of our modern writers, Cardan excepted, a true disciple of his master Pomponatius. According to the doctrine of Peripatetics, he refers all apparitions, prodigies, miracles, oracles, accidents, alterations of religions, kingdoms, etc., for which he is soundly lashed by Marinus Mercenus, as well he deserves, to natural causes, for spirits he will not acknowledge, to that light, motion, influences of heavens and stars, and to the intelligences that move the orbs, intelligentia quae movet orbe mediante coelo, etc. Intelligences do all, and after a long discourse of miracles done of old, si haec daimonis possint, cur non et intelligentiae coelorum motrices. And as these great conjunctions, aspects of planets, begin or end, vary, are vertical and predominant, so have religions, rites, ceremonies, and kingdoms their beginning, progress, periods, in urbibus, regibus, religionibus, ac in particularibus hominibus, haec vera ac manifesta, sunt, ut Aristoteles inuere videtur, et quotidiana docet experientia, ut historias per legens videbit, quid olim in gentili lege jove sanctius et illustrius. Quid nunc vile magis et execrandum, ita quaelestia corpora pro mortalium beneficio religiones aedificant, et cum cessat in fluxus cessat lex, etc. And because, according to their tenets, the world is eternal, intelligences eternal, influences of stars eternal, kingdoms, religions, alterations, shall be likewise eternal, and run round after many ages. Atque iterum ad Troia magnus vitetur Achilles, renascentur religiones et ceremoniae, res humanae in idem recident, nihil nunc quod non olim fuit, et post saeculorum revolutiones alias est, erit, etc. Idem specie, saith Veninus, non individuo quod plato significavit. These, saith mine author, these are the decrees of peripatetics, which though I recite in obsequium Christianae fidei detestor, as I am a Christian, I detest and hate. Thus, peripatetics and astrologians held in former times, and to this effect of old in Rome, said Dionysius Harlicarnassus, Book 7, when those meteors and prodigies appeared in the air after the banishment of Coriolanus. Men were diversely affected, some said they were God's just judgments for the execution of that good man. Some referred all to natural causes, some to stars, some thought they came by chance, some by necessity decreed ab initio, and could not be altered. 
the two last opinions of necessity and chance were it seems of greater note than the rest sunt qui in fortuna iam casibus omnia ponunt et mundum credunt nullo rectore moveri natura volvente vicis etc for the first of chance as salus likewise informeth us those old romans generally received they supposed fortune alone gave kingdoms and empires wealth honors offices and that for two causes first because every wicked base unworthy wretch was preferred rich potent etc secondly because of their uncertainty though never so good scarce any one enjoy them long but after they began upon better advice to think otherwise that every man made his own fortune the last of necessity was seneca's tenet that god was alligatus causi secundis so tied to second causes to that inexorable necessity that he could alter nothing of that which was once decreed sic erat in fatis it cannot be altered semel usit semper paret deus nulla vis rumpit nulla ipreces nec ipsum fulmen god hath once said it and it must for ever stand good no prayers no threats nor power nor thunder itself can alter it zeno chrysippus and those other stoics as you may read in tuli book two de divinatione gilius book six chapter two etc maintained as much in all ages there have been such that either deny god in all or in part some deride him they could have made a better world and ruled it more orderly themselves blaspheme him derogate at their pleasure from him twas so in plato's time some say there be no gods other that they care not for men a middle sort grant both si non si deus unde mala si sit deus unde mala so coda argues in tuli why made he not all good or at least tenders not the welfare of such as are good as the woman told alexander if he be not at leisure to hear causes and redress them why doth he reign sextus empiricus hath many such arguments thus perverse men cavil so it will ever be some of all sorts good bad indifferent true false zealous ambidextrous neutralists lukewarm libertines atheists etc they will see these religious sectaries agree amongst themselves be reconciled all before they will participate with or believe any they think in the meantime which celsus objects and whom origen confutes we christians adore a person put to death with no more reason than the barbarous Gedes worships the Moxes, the Cilicians Mopsus, the Thebans Amphiaraus, and the Libadians Trophonius. One religion is as true as another, new-fangled devices, all for human respects. Great-witted Aristotle's works are as much authentical to them as scriptures, subtle Seneca's epistles as canonical as St. Paul's pendurous odes as good as the prophet david's psalms epictetus and Critian equivalent to wise solomon's proverbs they do openly and boldly speak this and more some of them in all places and companies claudius the emperor was angry with heaven because it thundered 
and challenged Jupiter into the field. With what madness, saith Seneca, he thought Jupiter could not hurt him, but he could hurt Jupiter. Diagoras, Demonax, Epicurus, Pliny, Lucian, Lucretius, Contemptorque Deo Mezentius, professed atheists all in their times, though not simple atheists, neither, as Siconia proves in Book One, Chapter One, they scoffed only at those pagan gods, their plurality, base and fictitious offices. Gilbertus Cognatus labors much, and so does Erasmus, to vindicate Lucian from scandal, and there be those that apologize for Epicurus, but all in vain. Lucian scoffs at all, Epicurus he denies all, and Lucretius, his scholar, defends him in it. Humana ante oclua foide cum vita jacere, in terris oppressa graui cum religione, quae caput a quaele regionibus ostendebat, horribili super aspectu mortalibus instans, etc. When humankind was drenched in superstition, with ghastly looks aloft, which frighted mortal men, etc. He alone, like another Hercules, did vindicate the world from that monster. Uncle Pliny, Book 2, Chapter 7, Naturalis Historia, and Book 7, Chapter 59, in express words denies the immortality of the soul. Seneca doth little less, in Book 7, Epistle 55, Ad Lucilium, et Book De Consolatione Ad Martiam, or rather more. Some Greek commentators would put as much upon Job that he should deny resurrection, etc., whom Pineda copiously confutes in chapter 7 of Job, verse 9. Aristotle is hardly censured of some, both divines and philosophers. St. Justin, in Perainetica ad Gentis, Gregory Nazianzen, Theodoret, Origen, Pomponetius justifies, in his tract, so styled at least, De Immortalitate Animae, Scaliger, who would forswear himself at any time, saith Patricius, in defense of his great master Aristotle, and Dendinus, Book Three of the Anima, acknowledge as much. Averroes oppugns all spirits and supreme powers. Of late, Brunus, in Felix Brunus, Kepler calls him, Machiavelli, Caesar Veninus, lately burned at Toulouse in France, and Peter Aretine, have publicly maintained such atheistical paradoxes, with that Italian Boccaccio, with his fable of three rings, etc., ex quo infert haud posse internosci, quae sit verio religio, judaica, mahometana, ancristiana, quoniam eadem signa, etc., from which he infers that it cannot be distinguished which is the true religion, Judaism, Mahomedanism, or Christianity, etc. Marinus Mercenus suspects Cardan for his subtleties. Campanella, in Charon's Book of Wisdom, with some other tracts, to savor of atheism. But amongst the rest, that pestilent book, De Tribus Mundi Impostoribus, Quem sine horore, inquit, non legas, et mundi cumbalum dialogis quatuor contentum, anno millesimo quingentesimo duo de quadragesimo, auctore peresiu, parisiis excusum, etc. And as there have been in all ages such blasphemous spirits, so there have not been wanting their patrons, protectors, disciples, and adherents. 
never so many atheists in italy and germany saith clearus as in this age the like complaint mercenus makes in france fifty thousand in that one city of paris frederick the emperor as matthew paris records licet non sit recitabile i use his own words is reported to have said tres praestigiatores moses christus et mahomet uti mundo dominarentur totum populum sibi contemporaneum seduxisse henry the landgrave of hesse heard him speak it si principes imperii institutioni meae ad haererent ego multo meliorem modum credendi et vivendi ordinarem to these professed atheists we may well add that impious and carnal crew of worldly-minded men impenitent sinners that go to hell in a lethargy or in a dream who though they be professed christians yet they will nulla palescere culpa make a conscience of nothing they do they have cauterized consciences and are indeed in a reprobate sense past all feeling have given themselves over to wantonness to work all manner of uncleanness even with greediness ephesius four nineteen they do know there is a god a day of judgment to come and yet for all that as hugo saith ita comedunt ac dormiunt ac sidiem judici evasisent ita ludunt ac rident ac si in coelis cum deo regnarent they are as merry for all the sorrow as if they had escaped all dangers and were in heaven already metus omnes et inexorabile fatum subiecit pedibus strepitumque acherontis avari those rude idiots and ignorant persons that neglect and contemn the means of their salvation may march on with these but above all others those herodian temporizing statesmen political machiavellians and hypocrites that make a show of religion but in their hearts laugh at it simulata sanctitas duplex iniquitas they are in a double fault that fashion themselves to this world which paul forbids and like mercury the planet are good with good bad with bad when they are at rome they do there as they see done puritans with puritans papists with papists omnium horarum homines formalists ambidexters lukewarm laodiceans all their study is to please and their god is their commodity their labor to satisfy their lusts and their endeavors to their own ends whatsoever they pretend or in public seem to do with the fool in their hearts they say there is no god heus tu deiowe quid sentis hello what is your opinion about a jupiter their words are as soft as oil but bitterness is in their hearts like alexander the sixth so cunning dissemblers that what they think they never speak many of them are so close you can hardly discern it or take any just exceptions at them they are not factious oppressors as most are no bribers no simoniacal contractors no such ambitious lascivious persons as some others are no drunkards sobrii solem vident orientem sobrii vident occidentem they rise sober and go sober to bed plain dealing upright honest men they do wrong to no man 
and are so reputed in the world's esteem at least very zealous in religion very charitable meek humble peacemakers keep all duties very devout honest well spoken of beloved of all men but he that knows better how to judge he that examines the heart saith they are hypocrites cor dolo plenum sonant vitium percusa maligne they are not sound within as it is with writers oftentimes plus sanctimoniae in libello quam libelli auctore more holiness is in the book than in the author of it so tis with them many come to church with great bibles whom cardin said he could not choose but laugh at and will now and then dare operam augustino read augustine frequent sermons and yet profess to zurers mere gripes tota vitae ratio epicurea est or their life is epicurism and atheism come to church all day and lie with a courtesan at night qui curios simulant et bacchanalia vivunt they have esau's hands and jacob's voice yea and many of those holy friars sanctified men capam said hieronymus et cilicium induunt said intus latronem tegunt they are wolves in sheep's clothing in trorsum turpis speciosi pelle decora fair without and most foul within latet plerumque sub tristia mictula scivia et deformis horror willi veste tegitur of times under a mourning weed lies lust itself and horrible vices under a poor coat but who can examine all those kinds of hypocrites or dive into their hearts if we may guess at the tree by the fruit never so many as in these days show me a plain dealing true honest man et pudor et probitas et timor omnis abest he that shall but look into their lives and see such enormous vices men so immoderate in lust unspeakable in malice furious in their rage flattering and dissembling all for their own ends will surely think they are not truly religious but of an obdurate heart most part in a reprobate sense as in this age but let them carry it as they will for the present dissemble as they can a time will come when they shall be called to an account their melancholy is at hand they pull a plague and curse upon their own heads tesaurisant iram dei besides all such as are in deus contumeliosi blaspheme contemn neglect god or scoff at him as the poet feigns of salmonius that would in derision imitate jupiter's thunder he was precipitated for his pains jupiter intonuit contra etc so shall they certainly rue it in the end in se spuit qui in coelum spuit their dooms at hand and hell is ready to receive them some are of opinion that it is in vain to dispute with such atheistical spirits in the meantime tis not the best way to reclaim them atheism idolatry heresy hypocrisy though they have one common root that is indulgence to corrupt affection yet their growth is different they have diverse symptoms occasions and must have several cures and remedies tis true some deny there is any god some confess yet believe it not a third sort confess and believe 
but will not live after his laws, worship and obey him. Others allow God and God subordinate, but not one God, no such general God, non talem deum, but several topic gods for several places, and those not to persecute one another for any difference, as Sosinus will, but rather love and cherish. To describe them in particular, to produce their arguments and reasons, would require a just volume. I refer them, therefore, that expect a more ample satisfaction to those subtle and elaborate treatises, devout and famous tracts of our learned divines, schoolmen amongst the rest, and casuists, that have abundance of reasons to prove there is a God, the immortality of the soul, etc., out of the strength of wit and philosophy, being irrefragable argument to such as are ingenuous and well-disposed, at the least answer all cavils and objections to confute their folly and madness, and to reduce them, si fieri posset, ad sanam mentem, to a better mind, though to small purpose many times. Amongst others, consult with Julius Caesar Legala, professor of philosophy in Rome, who hath written a large volume of late to confute atheists. Of the immortality of the soul, Drone, Montanus de immortalitate animae, Lelius Vincentius of the same subject, Thomas Geminus and Franciscus Callius de Paganorum animabus post mortem, a famous doctor of the Ambrosian College in Milan, Bishop Fotherby in his Atheomastics, Dr. Dove, Dr. Jackson, Abernathy, Corduroy, have written well of this subject in our mother tongue. In Latin, Collers, Zenchius, Palliarius, Illyricus, Philippus, Faber, Faventinus, etc. But, instar omnium, the most copious confuter of atheists is Marinus Mercenus in his commentaries on Genesis, with Campanellus Ateismus Triumphatus. He sets down at large the causes of this brutish passion, seventeen in number, I take it, answers all their arguments and sophisms, which he reduceth to twenty-six heads, proving withal his own assertion. There is a God, such a God, the true and sole God, by thirty-five reasons. His colophon is how to resist and repress atheism, and to that purpose he adds four special means or ways which whoso will may profitably peruse. End of section 43